Let's well, talk about the new Lost in Space television show. You watched the new Lost in Space television? I saw the first episode. I liked it. Made me cry. Did you really? Yeah. Did you see it? Yeah. I well, that part. Well, made me sleep. <laughs> <laughs> well, the part when she's reading to her sister and she's trapped under the ice and everything. She's mm, reading her Moby mm-hmm. Dick. I thought that was so touching. That was pretty good. Um, did you catch the Stranger Things Easter egg? No. Yeah, have you seen Stranger Things? Only the first season. Okay, so they walk around the entire time in that episode going, Where's Will? Will! Okay. <laughs> now, Django, is that, a, is that a Django joke? Like, hey, did you get this Stranger Things reference, or do you think it was actually a Stranger Things reference? Oh, I'm just joking. They just both are named Will and are both in peril the whole time. Fuck Django. <laughs> Will! Fuck Django. Where's Will? I thought there was a, like a Netflix with some sort of intercontinuity with Comics Place podcast, special edition podcast about a movie instead of comics. <laughs> Infinity War. Dun, 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 dun. Was that the? Dun, dun, dun. I think that's Star Wars. That's Star Trek. Sometimes when I text, my that is Duel of Fates from Star Wars. Yeah. So watch your fucking mouth. Yeah. When I text, it gets. It, I get that rhythm. And then you have to sit down for a second and meditate while the lasers are in front of you and you're watching Darth Maul pace back and forth. Yeah. So as bad as Phantom Menace is, that is one of the best scenes in all of Star Wars, if you would ask me. Hmm. The Obi-Wan, Qui-Gon, Darth Maul duel. I thought you were going to say as bad as Phantom Menace is, Infinity War is the opposite. Yes. Welcome to our Phantom Menace cast. <laughs> Phantom Menace Minute, where we talk about each minute of the Phantom Menace. One. one that's already a podcast, a actually. That is awful. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Look, you can see the green screen in his hair. <laughs> in that minute, that and that minute. No, that's not why we're here. We're here to talk about Infinity War Part One, Avengers Three yeah, of Four, A Half, Definitely. Definitely spoilers in this little thing we're experimenting. Yeah, with. If you, usually we're pretty casual about telling you there's spoilers and to just muscle through or, or read the books. But I think this time, watch the goddamn movie before you listen to this podcast. We're not going to talk about anything else that you really care about. So watch the movie before you listen. Yeah, this is a quick little bit about the movie, but uh, don't worry about it, our opinions until spoiler. Everyone dies? <laughs> it appears so. So let's take a minute to talk about the fact that a year ago there was that interview with Mark Ruffalo and Don Cheadle. Okay. And in it, like, Mark Ruffalo sort of jokingly talks a little bit more about the movie than he's supposed to. Uh-huh. And then somebody says, like, well, you know, I don't know, something, something happens. And he's like, we should see what happens at the end of this one. Everyone, well, half of everybody dies. <laughs> and Don what? Cheadle, his eyes just went... Huge, and he looked at him, and he was like, "Dude!" And then Mark Ruffalo was like, "Uh, <laughs> can we rewind that? We can undo that, right?" And then Don was just like, "Just stop talking, it's stop fine. talking." <laughs> and uh, and everybody kind of just skated past that as a joke. But I rewatched it the day after I saw the movie, and it is like 
so uncomfortable because you can actually see Mark Ruffalo like, I'm gonna lose my job. Yeah, and I just Don, lost two million dollars. Yeah, and Don Cheadle is like actually angry, but you can tell he's just like, don't. And so Mark is like, at one point, he's like, uh, I mean, like, oh god, I feel really bad. We can undo that, right? And he's like, just go on, just move on. And he's, he changes the story and starts talking about something. But it is. Very awesome. Do you think Don Cheadle even knows what he started talking about? Or do you think he just, like, just when words. I've been in a situation like that, I just start saying shit and hope that everybody forgets. On this they very podcast, in fact. Oh, yeah. Every time. <laughs> yeah. Every time. <laughs> no, uh, Don Cheadle was too busy thinking about that Miles Davis movie he was making at the time. Mm, Don oh. Cheadle, what is he doing in these Avengers movies? Uh, being skinny. Yeah. Playing, yeah. playing pranks. That gag that he played... Does he get a goof off in the movie? Doesn't he get a goof in there? It's been a week since Does we've he? seen the movie. Uh, yeah, I can't remember. <sighs> Which is just horrible radio. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you, yeah, what? <laughs> what did I like about it? Who did Don Cheadle play? Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> so, I mean, like, let's just get it out there. I was a huge, huge fan of this movie. I'm not sure you guys, although I do know your guys' opinions, but. I liked it a lot. I didn't, um, yeah, I liked it a lot. Rome Daddy? I, I, it, it was almost as good as Hurricane Heist. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I loved it. I loved it. I, I want to see it again. Can yeah, I, I, I'm going to give it uh, a, a nine. You're going to give it a nine? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it an eight and a half. It, it's still a candy bar, mm-hmm. but it's got some protein in it. It's like a, like a candy bar with peanuts and bacon or something like that. Like there's, there's something that's going to keep you full for a while. It's okay. chocolate with peanut I don't and bacon want in it. bacon in my candy bar. Yeah, that's because mm. you've never had bacon in your candy <laughs> bar, Roman. Oh, that could be. That could be. Roman, if you were to drop a number but, on him, what would it be? I get a nine and a half. Okay. I almost loved it all the way except yeah. for like one, one thing. But but even though all the little like jo- – they didn't hammer home stupid jokes like how Thor keeps calling what's-his-name a rabbit. Yeah. He just did it as an aside. It w- was never like, oh, you're a rabbit. It was always like a side joke. I love yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they did a lot of jokes while a lot of serious things happened. A lot – it's like similar to Thor – yeah, Ragnarok. Where, but I felt like it was a way less like beating you over the head with it. Yeah, they didn't. They they put a comedy script in an action movie rather than an action movie on a comedy script. I think. With, yeah. Like Thor felt like this is a comedy movie. Let's give them some action also, and this one felt more like here's here's a big a big action movie, and we're gonna be very liberal with the goofs, but always return to the action pretty quickly. I would say it's like. In terms of the straight ahead, and Django has heard me say this because we've talked a lot about this movie, but um, I would say as far as like the straight ahead superhero movies go, it was the it's like the best of those in the mm. way that like Iron Man was awesome, but then Avengers came out and you're like, holy shit, we can have more than one superhero in a movie. But then after Avengers, we got some more movies and and they all sort of like to me, plateau around the same level of, like, just cool superhero movies, we started to get, like, more unique genre-type films, mm-hmm. like Deadpool or Guardians of the Galaxy or Black Panther. Um, and I consider those a little bit outside the realm of just, like, a straight-ahead superhero movie. So I would say Avengers, to me, this newest one, is is the best of the Marvel movies um, while still putting things like Deadpool, Logan... Um, Black Panther in a separate sort of category because I do think that they were sort of rewarding in a way that Avengers necessarily wasn't necessarily. How did how did you see Black Panther as as different? Because um, it's it's less genre specific, like subgenre, and it's 
I would say it's like a, a culturally different. So you like, could you take the superheroes out of that and have have a have a similar thrust? Um, I <clears throat> no. What I would say is that it came from a cultural perspective that none of the other none of the other Marvel Studios movies have. Okay. And in the same way that like when you read even comic books or any type of story from a different type of culture, uh, it has a different flow and a different way that a story is told because like our form of storytelling is only evolved with Western culture. And that's right. what we know the most and we assume all stories are like that, but it's not. So Black Panther to me was the first that really felt like it was a voice coming from a different thing. And it was still yeah. sandwiched into a plot formula that you could sell to Western audiences, but it it didn't fall in the same way. There was a rhythm to it and uh, I don't a visual nature to it. It was all very, very different. So it's, it's, it was set apart from the rest of the... Yeah. Um, Punch him ups. And Deadpool, similarly, I mean, it was just so funny. It was not, you know, taken seriously. And Guardians of the Galaxy was so different at the time that it sort of just blew me away. Yeah. So as far as movies that you should definitely watch before you watch this one, mm-hmm. um, I feel like it's like the the immediate prequels to this. Assuming you've seen some amount of the the older movies, mm-hmm. I would say you you have to watch Black Panther, mm-hmm. and you should probably watch Thor. I would yeah. say Ragnarok is a must because yeah. it literally takes it picks up right after the end credit scene yeah. of Thor. Yeah. And Wakanda has such a huge mm-hmm. set piece in there. And I would Civil even War. say at least one of the Guardians movies yeah. to get, probably the first one <clears throat> since it sets up Thanos. And I think two is pretty important because I think the second half of this Avengers movie is going to have a lot to do with Adam Warlock. Yeah. And that was mm-hmm. sort of put into place in the two. second Guardians. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, Civil War. And I think... And Age of Ultron wouldn't hurt, just to give you a background on Vision and yeah, Scarlet yeah. Witch. So I guess just watch them all. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. This this just felt like a sequel to Black Panther and Oh, and Doctor Strange. Yeah, Doctor more, more Strange than anything. was a real important part, too. Yeah. yeah. But it did, I would say that, yeah, it felt... Although I think it's really impressive to make a movie feel that much like a sequel to that many different movies. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which... Is really impressive to me. And to juggle, like, how many heroes are in this? All of them. 32? 30? Yeah. 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 There, there are so many characters, and there's not a moment that you're... If, if you've watched at least a number of these movies, I don't think there's a moment where you're really confused about who is where and what's going on with each character. Like, what do you think this movie costs oh. to make just from a casting budget? <sighs> a lot, right? It's a big cast. Yeah. Do you think the second one's going to cost them less because they kill almost everybody and they can just say, "Yeah, you know, you no. don't like this paycheck. <laughs> You're going to stay dead, yeah. boy." No, because they're going to appear. Because I have a theory about that. Yeah. Well, let's get, let's get the theories in a minute because I okay. got a couple theories. Okay. Too. Let's get the theories in a minute. I guess. Um, <clears throat> I, like having that many characters and having them all very distinct, except for four guys sharing two beards. I think it's pretty impressive. I was a little disappointed that they didn't do uh, Tony, uh, Stephen Strange beard gag. Yeah, to like in the echo, comics. Well, in like in the comics, which would have been fine, but like to echo the Thor Captain America beard gag. Like they they could have. The first two could have discovered that they had matching beards, and then the second two could have had the same line later. That's a I'd be amazed if they didn't uh, if they didn't actually film that and decide to cut it. Um, I. Yeah, I don't know. I I'm pretty pretty into this flick, but uh, 
we had a wonderful audience, which like really enhanced yeah. my enjoyment of it. Like there was people like cheering and laughing <laughs> and clapping and sobbing. So if and you're listening at this point, you know that a bunch of people, almost all of them die in the final act of the movie, which segue into theories about stuff. You got a theory? That, that was pretty amazing. I, I was getting annoyed a couple times with the audience because I was like, shut up. I just missed that line. <laughs> um, I think everybody was in there fun. was pretty excited to hear the next line, though. And th- there, there were like, maybe one or two that I missed, but it, it seemed like those were lines that they just put in there so that mm, yeah. it wasn't like sitcom style where they say something, pause for laughter. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Resume. Um, are we doing theories? Yeah, yeah, let's get it out. <clears throat> well, my, and I haven't read anything about the movies or stuff, the second, the part two, but I'm thinking none of these people are actually dead. They're all inside the Soul Jam, which is where Adam Warlock, at least in the comics, that they follow that roughly. None of he them is in rule. none of the ones that disappeared? Yeah. Okay. They're in the Soul Jam, because that's, in the comics, that's what the Soul Jam used to be. It was this idyllic, idyllic plains, rolling hills and water and everything and paradise and dead people were supposedly hanging out in there and Adam Warlock was there like an eventually and a couple times he put people there to keep them safe brought them out so I'm mm-hmm. thinking in part two Adam Warlock's gonna come out of his cocoon save everybody that's inside the soul gem is, Thanos. is the soul gem the one that they took out of vision no the soul no. gem was the one that he had to sacrifice Gamora, Gamora to okay and he finds her in the soul gym. He talks to her as a child in the soul gym. After gem. she's been yeah. sacrificed. So we know yeah. that it can store consciousness <clears throat> or character in some way. Mm-hmm. I, I, I've got uh, an exactly opposite theory, Roman. What if everybody that, that we saw disappear were the ones that were not being stuffed into the soul gem? So at the end of the <laughs> movie... Well, but why would that... Why would it appear as you're getting sent into the soul gym that individuals around you are dying? Because it's it's the other way. Like, from your perspective, they're disappearing, and from their perspective, you're disappearing. So we just saw Captain America's perspective rather than... Um, I mean, I... I don't know. I love ideas. That one seems a little less. So here's a thing that occurred to me that I really liked a customer brought up. Um, as I walked out of that, I was like, come on, like, Doctor Strange, why'd you give up the, the Eye of Agamotto so easily? Right. You know? And it was because he was going to kill Tony. But he went through and looked at, you know, a million and a half different realities. Like four point. And there was only one. So my feeling is that in that one that he saw, Tony Stark was alive and had to mm-hmm. do something. So it was either the choice of give Thanos this gauntlet, which happens in every reality, right? Or, or, or fight it, or you know, keep Tony alive. And I, I, I was like, that's, I guess, not really an Easter egg or a spoiler, you know, anything. But it was just like, oh, that's a cool line of logic I didn't trace. It's better than just poor writing about Tony. Yeah, I picked yeah. up on that, and and like in a in a meta way, we keep hearing that Robert Downey Jr. And Chris Evans kind of want out mm-hmm. before they're typecast or something. I don't, I don't know. I think they're going to be the characters until the day they die. But they've got to have some time to spend this money they've made. Yeah, they want out. Um, so I wonder if Tony won't end up being the one that saves the day at the cost of his life in the end. So like they had to keep him alive for this next movie, and now he's going to beat the shit out of Thanos and grab the gauntlet and save the world. Yeah. No, I, I, I think that's a pretty sound bet. <clears throat> um, gosh. Other theories? Other thoughts? Uh, I, 
So at the end, Thanos's gauntlet arm is all messed up. Is you notice it? that? No. Yeah, it's super. It's it's like beat up. The gauntlet's a little oh, scarred yeah, yeah, and scraped. Yeah. But doesn't something happen before that? There's some sort of explosion, or there was something. I can't remember. I can't remember either, but the, I did remember noticing that and then thinking, oh, it's because of this thing. Right. Something happens to okay. like tarnish his whole arm. I'm not sure if it's when they're all trying to get stuff from him or, okay. or what. Um, um, I, I thought Josh Brolin did an amazing job. I yeah, really... He was really good. I really did, too. I, I, that's one of my favorite things about this movie was that there was this weird sense of anxiety the entire time. Like there was, it never felt like there was a safe spot to be. It was yeah. like a nightmare. Like you're always sort of trying to outrun this inevitable doom. Like as soon as this guy's around us, we're fucked. Yeah. And uh, I, I think that's that's hard to capture in a real way, and they really did that. Well, and and uh, as you know, I have a hard time with larger than life cosmic characters, mm-hmm. and I think they did a really, really good job of having Hulk go up against this guy, Thanos didn't just kick Hulk's ass. Like, Thanos took some lumps before he before he beat Hulk. And that was at the very beginning, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, early on, Hulk, Hulk fought Thanos right. and just absolutely lost. But it wasn't... It wasn't like Thanos just grabbed his fist and threw him down or anything like that. There was actually a, a battle. So you could see that Thanos might sweat a little bit against yeah. the Hulk. And nobody else really sweats when they fight the Hulk because they're just dead. I do, I, how much do you love, like, whatever jam he has that caused him to sort of, like, wipe his hand and change the entire appearance of reality? Mm. There's, like, two different scenes where yeah. he just moves his hand <coughs> and everything that is becomes something else. It's a reality stone, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. very good. Um, the thing I liked about Thanos' henchmen... Mm. The guy without a nose. Yeah. What can you tell me about him, Roman? Because he was he Those was all Hickman creations. Yeah. Hickman, really? Yeah. yeah. They're all from the Black Order from yeah. the wow. Avengers. Avengers World when Hickman, Hickman? started it like five yeah. four years I ago. I think that that one's Corvus Glaive. No, Corvus Glaive or Clave. Uh Corvus Glaive is I believe the really ratty, aggressive, lanky one with the long Oh yeah. Thing. Who are you talking about? The the guy who like when, when somebody threw a car at him, he would just like flip his hand, and the car would split in half and go on either side. Oh. Of him. He was fighting Tony, but yeah. he was also mainly the voice of the whole Black Order. Yeah, and he was like, I thought that was Corvus Glaive, the Black Maw. Yeah, that's his name. I believe. Black Maw. Yeah. yeah, he was never doing anything to help his teammates. No, like he'd push his teammate through a building to get him out of the way of something more important, kind of thing. I don't think he actually did that, but like he w- he was keeping them alive, but not in a very nice way all the time. Yeah, I forgot about those guys. Every time I think about those, I'm just reminded of how incredibly pleased I am they were in the movie. He looked yeah. to yeah. me like a Kirby character, like with that messed up nose yeah. and just the the angles on his face. They took that. I mean, they looked exactly like they look in the comics. I was very very pumped to see those guys. Now you know I'm a bad Hickman boy. <laughs> um, Hickman's not for everybody. I like Hickman. Oh. I'm just bad at uh, it. Did you read Shield this week? No. Cool. We're gonna do a minute on it. So oh, we are. Lot. Get a lot of pages. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> boy, speaking of Kirby, that 
I keep on going on about my favorite thing in the movie. There's so many great things, yeah, Iron yeah. Spider. But my favorite thing in the movie was Thor reigniting the uh, mm. the forge, Hetri's forge in space, because that was that whole thing was nothing but Kirby. I really like that that scene as a whole. Thor sitting there in the focused ray of a sun. Uh, that that goes to the Thanos being too powerful, like cosmic character taking too much abuse and not and just kind of shaking it off. I I I like what they did. I wish he'd had like some sort of mystic armor on him or like any excuse to give him a little defense against that. For me, as I was sitting there watching it, I was like, <clears throat> giant star, and there's these rings, and they're off balance. I'm like, okay, that's a not working forge. How do we fix this? And Thor is just like, well, I'll just push this one. <laughs> and it's like, all right, sweet, it's working. And I remember thinking like, okay, yeah, all right. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, that can be the mechanism for whatever we need it to be. I would say that my possibly favorite part of the movie was that like, two-thirds of the way through it in a fairly serious part, my girlfriend Sam, who was with us, <laughs> developed a very serious case of the hiccups <laughs> and could not stop it. <laughs> and to me, was not visually really trying to stop it either. <laughs> like, for me, I would be like, I got to stop this. I got to stifle this. I got to be drinking water. I got to get out of here. I'm upsetting people. And she kept making the sound. But even if I didn't hear it, her whole body would, like, jerk <laughs> as she was doing this. And, and then she kept making those. So I went through this whole, for, like, three minutes, it was the funniest thing ever that this could not stop and i was laughing harder at that than anything and then i got to like absolute social anxiety mortify like you've got to stop this or everyone is going to be mad at us and they're going to make us leave like she's like sitting there with her legs up i was like would it help if you put your legs down or like held your breath i looked at glad i was like do you have anything to drink like this ultimately i realized i just had to start talking to her to distract her from it but then i was the guy fucking talking in a movie and i don't know Wow. Well, I, well, it makes you feel like I didn't know any of that was going on. Well, you were eight seats to my right. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> next time you're going to sit right next to him. Um, also, I was a hiccup chick. <laughs> suck that like 20, even like we got in there 30 minutes before it started and there was no two seats together in the crazy. entire theater. 30 minutes. Django's yeah. always like, we got plenty of time. I'm hanging out at sushi. Well, no, this one was my fault because I, I ordered that roll. I I, I left Ron me. and Django in that room. This one, yeah, this one felt like felt like there were plenty of showings. Mm-hmm. And I figured everybody would be going to the bigger, more exciting show. Well, there weren't IMAX screens, were yeah, there? Yeah, there were IMAX screens. There were RPX was there screens. 3D? There was I mean, a 3D screen. There was, there, oh, fuck there was yeah. everything. Yeah. Like, within... I don't know. Within an hour, you could have gone to four or five different showings. That I was, I was flabbergasted that the that the cheap seats were sold out. But maybe that's maybe movies are headed back in that direction. Or maybe yeah, this is just the direction. biggest movie to come out in a long time. Um, can I get one more favorite moment or favorite thing about this movie that you loved? And then and then let's get out of here and Spider-Man. record another podcast. Spider Man. That that would just be one of my two e- final. Everything ones, so. that he did in there was awesome. I think. His his death was crushing. Yeah, uh, is so yeah. yeah so well done. Yeah, his his banter is nervous and hilarious. Yeah. but you know, just like just like you would expect Peter Parker's banter to be. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I I didn't see it, but apparently there's a, an Arrested Development. I haven't seen it yet either, but I hear Tobias is entirely blue on a case in there. 
It, oh, yeah, wow. it's somewhere <laughs> in the collector's world. Huh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. What, well, what were Peter's last words? I don't, don't want to go. <laughs> I thought so, and and I and sure it's, it's probably a coincidence, but those are the another super touching scene. David Tennant's last words as the tenth oh, Doctor yeah. are exactly that, and, and for a second I was like, wait, no, nah, it's probably just coincidence. But um, I will throw in also Spider Man, but more in terms of just like a directorial feat as Spider Man and Iron Man are like on that spaceship as it's leaving Earth. And you're getting higher and higher up into the atmosphere, and oxygen is getting thinner and thinner. Like, it is not very often that a movie makes me like, "Oh, we're <laughs> really high up here," and it yeah. might just be because I was that close to the screen. That's why you sit so close, Jeff. I have a broken neck, bro. <laughs> that was so fucking painful to have sat through for two and a half hours. Yeah, it was too close in that theater. Yeah. Um, but that was like visually stunning and the way earth got smaller in a way that it didn't yeah. start really close to earth and it didn't start like you were already far away it was like i can kind of see it the streets of a city and then oh that's an entire country and i'm on a ship up here like that was just that is a thing that very easily could have just felt like blank action blah and right. it was very engaging and they i, I really like the way spider-man tried to figure out why he couldn't breathe. Like, yeah. all, all of the dialogue in that and Tony trying to protect him through that. Like, that whole scene is Spider-Man just kind of stepping up because he's a good kid. Yeah. It's, uh, Ashton is our Peter Parker. I was just going to say, like, is our I cannot watch that guy and not think of Ashton. Yeah. Which is, makes it very difficult to watch him die. <laughs> but, yeah. But he's not dead. No, he's not. Roman, did you have a, a final thing that you just Boy, loved uh, about it? Another favorite. I was so glad straight out of Infinity Gauntlet, the trade paperback, they put the scene where where Steve Rogers clocks Thanos in the face. And yeah, it doesn't do any good. But, well, St- Thanos is a little staggered, I think, mainly just because he's so surprised. Yeah. <laughs> but, and he's like, I like you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I love that they got that in there. They got so many good little moments in this. Um, yeah. Uh, you reread Infinity Gauntlet leading up to this. Are you angry at how different it was? Are you impressed at how oh, no. similar it was? I'm, was I'm, there any how how different do you feel like it was? Well, it's pretty different. I mean, the you know, the Silver Surfer, all the cosmic beings aren't in there. Right. I mean, his Thanos Where's is Galactus? weird. Not throw, weird throne in space is there. Mephisto's not in there, like manipulating things. But yeah, none of that bothered. Oh, the one thing I didn't like was Thanos. They had some moments where you know you were supposed to feel a little sympathy for him about Gamora, and he actually sheds a tear and I was like come on Thanos doesn't care about Gamora <laughs> but he, in, in this he's not a monster he's crazy like he's he's the mad titan that's why he's not using his power to fix the problem he's just killing everybody and hoping that Earth doesn't double 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 population and get back to where it is in 40 years which is nothing on a cosmic yeah. scale right so instead like he's fixated on this solution that he sees to this problem and I, I think that him having some emotion not being a Thanos guy, I thought that was great because yeah. it, it made it it kinda it let him get punched, sort of. Like it, no, that, it didn't put true. him way above everybody. He's not a god. He's just a like a, a powerful asshole crazy person. So I like that change in his motivation because it allowed for identifying with him in a way that I had never before. Yeah. Um yeah, and I can. Okay. S- Sorry, I'm good. Well, I, w- I was going to say that like that would fix everything. 
there is a very cold part of me that is like, fuck yeah, kill them all. And as long as I'm not one of those people, sweet. All the rest of us left will be able to actually have enough resources. There's, there's that part of me. I did really like the divine comedy aspect of him needing to sacrifice somebody and having nobody to sacrifice. Yeah. And I think what would have been better from a storytelling standpoint would have been for him to then take somebody and make them sacrifice somebody and then kill them also. Yeah. Because it's the act of sacrificing that makes it. And I, I, I really like the idea of the life that you live has its consequence and you're killing all these people. You're removed from everybody and, and this is that consequence. Right. And this didn't leave room for that. Um, but, I mean, fuck it. it I, there's ways that I would have rather had it done and I still think it was just done It really made well. him, it, it showed us that he actually did love someone. Yeah. Um, and love is is a powerful motivator for him in the comics. Yeah. So that's true. You know, he does love death. If death died in the comics, he would cry. Yeah. Uh, he just doesn't have yeah. that, or he, which he had it in one of the trailer stingers, mm. right? Or in, in one of the post credit scenes in one of the movies, they showed him oh, talking about death? how much he loves death or something. I think that he. Oh, I, I think, think he just yeah. said somebody says like you know that would bring death, and he goes death. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, and I and I and I still kind of. I mean, yeah, it makes it more identifiable. I like your idea. It makes it more identifiable, but I like the idea that his madness, yeah, he loves death, but he doesn't love anything else. Yeah. I mean, that's the Thanos I want, but that's not his... But I also realize my history with the character and being familiar with people that haven't read those comics, introducing this whole concept of, okay, he's almost a god. He's in love with the personification of death. That gets a little... That'd be a little too much (laughs) on top of everything else in this movie. I guess that even removed from the death thing, though, we just had this amazing record-breaking Thanos comic series coming out that really does emphasize how evil that guy is. Yeah. You know... uh, So it's got to be a separate... It's it's hard Mm -hmm. to separate those two things, I guess. That being said, not a complaint. Just a... Yeah, yeah. What a fucking awesome movie. Like, we got... I treat the dwarf. Yeah, who, Peter Dinklage. <laughs> for some reason, a huge, that, huge dwarf. I, you know, but. that was funny and that was fun. I've heard a couple people complain a little bit about his performance. I can hear that too. But there's only one one dwarven accent. Everybody knows that. Yeah, <laughs> sounds like you're in Game of Thrones. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was pretty. It was pretty dramatic and sort of over the top. But I mean, that. I mean, it was fun too. I mean, yeah. I mean, fuck it. But I know we're trying to wrap it up. Yeah. But who do you guys think? Is dead, dead. I think Loki could be dead, dead, and I think Gamora could be just gone for good. The only two yeah, people Gamora that I think are be. dead, dead are Tony Stark and Steve Rogers. <laughs> as yeah. of, but not as of this movie. I don't think any of those people died. I, I think that maybe Loki died. I could see that being a thing, but I don't think. You don't think Gamora's dead because no. he couldn't get the stone unless she died. So they're gonna ha- they're, they're gonna have to go through some. Backflips, yeah, or like, what, but what is death? Is it the separation of the soul from the body? And that could be an argument. So maybe they're sure. not dead if you She's can in the soul realign stone. the soul and the body, or any number of things. But I, uh, that is another thing you could say is that those death, like watching Peter die, was sad. But you know, knowing that they're filming sequels, all these movies, knowing that there's a second half of this movie, like that didn't actually have any weight to me. I love that they. You know, it's it's Star Wars. You're in the trash compactor, and it's intermission, and you're going out to get like popcorn or something. It, it, it that was what that ending was to me. Yeah. It, it was it was not an ending. That was not how things are. It's just like this is where the story is stopping right now. And I guess we've just read enough comics to, for me, I don't put any credence to the concept of death at all. You know, one thing about the 
like the Guardians and having a sequel and everything, um, they have set up pretty much every character that died to have a replacement. So they showed Sylvester Stallone and all his buddies who oh, were the original right. Guardians of the Galaxy. That's that true. could be Guardians 3 pretty easily. You throw, throw Groot or Rocket or whoever survived in that. They did the same thing with the Avengers. They've got enough Avengers left that yeah. they, could, they could start again. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm sticking with my number. And I'm definitely going to see the next one. <laughs> um, well, I will definitely see the next one as well. I, Yeah, I'm really excited for the next one. Uh, and I haven't been really excited. I mean, I love these Marvel movies, but they're not necessarily my type of movie if I was going to go see any movie. And this was very good. I'm very excited yeah. for the next one. Yeah, isn't it amazing that we've got, like, in the short span of months, Black Panther... Avengers Infinity War, Deadpool 2, all such different Marvel movies, so completely different than, like you're saying, Black Panther from a whole different cultural perspective. Never thought this kind of thing would happen. Mm. Never imagined we'd have movies of this quality about these characters. Yeah, we're incredibly lucky to the point where I'm just looking at gift horse in the mouth, and I'm just like... All right. Uh, can you make them better? Whereas, like, ten years ago, it was like, we got a good superhero movie? And yeah. We live in a How, world. When I was, like, in high school, I thought if we ever had a Black Panther movie, it would be like those made-for-TV Incredible Hulk movies. You yeah, know, some yeah. guy in a really bad Black Panther outfit jumping around. Um, all right, everybody. Well, I hope that you guys have seen that movie. And, uh, yeah, if you have thoughts on it, come and talk to us. We're talking to a lot of people about it. I haven't heard anybody not like it yet. So that's really awesome to hear. Yeah. Surprising. Um, well, I'm Jeff, and uh, I didn't do an intro. I'm Django, and uh, I'm the Mind Stone. <laughs> I'm the Mind Jim. Uh, That's what I said. Uh, I was trying to convince you that you didn't say it, you're but you're right, you're right. You're right. You're right. You are the Mind Jim. Uh, I'm the Time Jim. I'm the Time Stone. The time Jimmer. Time Jeff. Time Jeff. I'm, I'm Roman, I, and I'm the I'm the Disco Stone. Yeah, just go stone. Stay that. Stay that. I thought he was going to be the gauntlet. Oh. <laughs> and when where's 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 Braden? Braden hasn't seen it yet. Well, I mean the comics. We're doing the comics. Oh, now, he's right? downstairs. <laughs> so the post credit scene. Yeah, so that post credit scene, everybody. We got uh, Robin we got from Robin. How I Met Your Mother. Great. And uh, Jules from Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Uh, after he lost an eye. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he lost his eye before Thor lost an eye. Nick Fury was born without an eye. Was he? He, yeah. he lost it in World War II. How long has he had that patch? That's as not long World as War we've II, known Nick him. Fury. Oh, it's not. It's, it's anyway, Junior. <laughs> it's Nick Fury and uh, what, what's her name? Maria Hill. Maria Hill driving along, and everything starts disappearing. And right before Nick Fury dies, he pages. Captain Marvel. Okay, so there's a, a hole in your theory that maybe the people that are disappearing are just only disappearing because it looks like that to the people who are actually disappearing. Another hole in that theory is that Tony doesn't disappear and Thanos promised to keep him alive. Okay. So my theory is bullshit. I liked it. Um, <laughs> also, Thanos is there. Why would he disappear himself? Like, why would he forget Jenga, to write that if then champion statement? against your theory. <laughs> <laughs> um, so first of all, I like that they're calling Ms. Marvel, mm-hmm. Captain Marvel. I like that uh, they use a like a high tech pager because yeah. she's from the nineties, nineties, right? Yeah. So she would have a pager way out in space or in whatever underground bunker they put her in to yeah. make it so we can't have her until this movie. Um, and I, I like that the last word on the screen 
was almost motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, that was good. I I could have used a bigger, more holistic post credit scene than just an advertisement for a single character because they've got a movie coming up. No, I think she's going to save the day. I don't think Adam Warlock's going to save the day. I think it's going to be Captain Marvel that saves the day in the next movie. I think we're going to get Ant-Man. He's going to stay out of the next movie for the most part. And then I think we're going to get Captain Marvel. It's going to set her up as an alpha-level power Mm -hmm. that exiled herself or for some reason hasn't been on the scene since since Iron Man 1. And then uh, um, Nick Fury calls her back, and she's going to have to save the day. But I don't think they can do... But they're filming her movie right now. She's got a solo movie. It comes out before the other one, doesn't it? See then to yeah so it then comes to out me the next it thing. feels yeah so so maybe that's true I personally hope that's not true because I would much rather have Adam Warlock than Captain Marvel yeah. be the Deus Ex yeah, Machina me too um, because she's not really related to that story it just no. Adam Warlock just seems like a big thing to set up that late in the game well they already but set they already it up. did they gave us a cocoon. well they saw we and saw they, they named him Adam. They're making his first appearance in the movies as hard as his first appearance in the comics, which he has four first appearances <laughs> in the comics, depending yeah. on whether you count him or his cocoon or the two comics so that came if, out on the same day. So if it day. is that she is the, <laughs> the thing that gets us out of that movie, then I guess it, it's better to me. But to me, it did just feel a little bit more like, here's the next movie that's coming out. Yeah. And I was like, we <laughs> had post credit scenes leading to this movie for eight years now since Avengers right. 1. Give me something. Do more. Yeah, See that? do more. Though it's funny that didn't occur to me the next movie because I was thinking, oh, well, they're just going to use the current Captain Marvel because in the original Thanos stuff it was the Kree Captain right. Marvel. Yeah. So, so it's not using him; they're using Carol. So, I thought it was both. Motherfucker. Yeah. I well, I guess. Oh, I was trying to. End it, it would be cool <laughs> if it'd be cool if Carol Danvers in the movie is Kree. If they do combine that in some, oh yeah, way. yeah, maybe she's Since got some. Marvel was Kree. When they introduced her in the Iron Man movie. What, what did was it just they her did, character? Did they? I think he just meant since Iron Man, which is to say that the beginning well, of I the thought, cinematic universe. I thought Carol Danvers was introduced in one of the Iron Man movies just as a military person. That I think it was in a Hulk movie. A Hulk they, movie? They might they might just hand wave that. We should probably end this podcast, motherfucker. 